with COVID, Dark Brandon goes to the Supreme Court and coughs on everybody. Dark Brandon, you could would make it so only only if you voted for him, you could you could bear arms. He replaces chocolate chips with raisins, like wherever they may be. Every Bloody Mary just becomes regular tomato juice. Yeah, prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> V8 will run through the streets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bituation Room show. So good to have you here. If you are live on YouTube or Twitch, what up? I hope you're liking and sharing the stream right now. If you're listening, as a podcast in the future, is there a day of respite from this heat? Let me know. And give the podcast five stars, as some of you already have, and I'll read your comments later. They're so sweet. So nice. It helps people follow and find this show. Um, again, a show that is supported by you and you alone. Um, I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. We've got such a good show today. Obviously, updates on the raid and uh we're going to be looking at the teacher shortage uh luckily mateen stewart comedian writer is going to be on the show and he used to be a teacher and yeah comedy might be easier than teaching so i'm excited for his insights on that also, immigrant rights activist Erica Andiola is with us. She's going to be talking about an issue that I feel like a lot of folks have sort of left to the wayside in these in the time that Biden has been in office, um, which is what's going on on the border? What is happening with immigration? How is Biden continuing Trump's legacy? How is he trying to change it? How is he doing better? We're going to get into all of that and the state of things, um, you know, including the 600,000 DACA recipients, who many of whom um, have their futures hanging in the balance. So I'm excited to have Erica on to discuss that um, a little bit later in the show. But for now, thank you so much for being here. And remember, there is more show after the show. After the show, it's the after show. And yes, I can say that without supporting R. Kelly. Um, that's right. Today, we're going to be talking about Kaylee McEnany's little sister launching a dating app. That's right. A, uh, a right-wing dating app that is trigger-free. There's no such thing as sexual harassment. We love dick pics. Um, so <laughs> we're going to watch that ad. We're going to talk about it. Patreon.com slash room is where you go to always get your bonus content here, your bonus bish, as we call it. Uh, again, your support helps this show like happen quite literally. I, I, there is like, that's it. You know, we don't have ads on these shows and that's for you all. Um, so yeah, get at it. And remember when you become a patron, even at $5 a month, you get 20% of all merch. That's right. Bituationroom.com is where you go to get your merchandise. And you get 20% off. And if you're a patron at the higher tiers, so like 20 bucks and over, every three months you get a new free piece of merch. So you don't even have to mess with that 20% off. You're getting a free piece of merch after three months. 
And if you haven't gotten that, check your inboxes. I just sent out a round of emails. So thank you all so much in advance. Again, um, I'm going to read the review of the podcast on iTunes from RM Violet saying, Francesca is a heckin' gem. I just turned in and got to hear the phrase with child. So I'm happy. Keep up the weird and good and charming and informative. I like that. Uh, Paul Allen K. Francesca Fiorentini is her name. That is right. Been watching and listening to her on various platforms for many years. She can discuss her latest bowel movements and the intricacies of the Green New Deal with equal aplomb. She's funny. She's progressive. And if I were the CEO of HBO, I would send Bill Maher on a rocket ship to Mars and make her permanent host. Oh, yeah. And she has a, a cat named Ramona who is one bad mother effer. Give this woman a listen. So I don't know if you don't if you need any more proof that you are where you need to be right now and forever. There it is. So thank you so much for those five star reviews. Um, keep them coming. And with that, let's get in to this week. What's got your goat? What's bothering you? What's on your mind? A lot has happened. Holy camoly. This is What Are You Bitching About? So I want to tell you a story. Uh, this is a story about a sweet, sweet girl named Freya. Freya is a walrus living her walrus-ass life in Scandinavia, in the waters, in the quickly warming waters. Walruses, as you might know, enjoy the icy waters where they mate, they play, they live all day. They spar with one another in the, with their tusks. They rest their beautiful blubberous bellies on the ice. But of course, there's less and less ice, less and less habitat. They, along with polar bears, penguins, and other animals I don't know, who live in colder climates in the Arctic and the Antarctic, they've been losing their habitat. So what is Freya to do? Well, she's swimming about. She's swimming about. And even though she's large and in charge, she gets around. And recently she was in Norway, I believe on a dock in Oslo, and she was sunning herself on boats in the harbor, as you do when you don't have a home, when you're an, an unhoused creature, when you're a climate refugee. Here's more about Freya. Meet Freya, a walrus with a thing for sunbathing on small boats. Unsurprisingly, boat owners aren't excited to share with Freya. I don't want it on the dock or on my boat. Just get it away from here. Freya's traveled far and wide from the Arctic Circle, stopping in the UK, the Netherlands, Denmark, Germany, and now Norway, where she's outstaying her welcome. The plan for now is to get Freya her own sunbathing spot, a floating dock where she can rest without wrecking boats. Mm, so they wanted to give her a dock without doing the horrible, horrible crime of wrecking boats. I mean, does she understand the kinds of fines that come along with wrecking a small boat? Okay, we're looking at like a few thousand kroner at least. So that was the last we heard from Freya. And then, oh, lo and be fucking hold, 
walrus named Freya that drew crowds in Oslo euthanized by Norwegian authorities just this week. So she was killed. She was killed for the crime of sunbathing, y'all. All right? Being a walrus, trying to live her goddamn life. And from the accounts, it's that, oh, because the humans couldn't keep away from Freya and to keep them safe, who did they euthanize? Fucking Freya. Excuse me. One of the two has responsibility. One of the two has cognition, is smart enough to stay away, and you kill the victim? Excuse me, like, I'm not trying to do a, you know, fucking red pill Harambe situation here, but I might have to start a hashtag justice for Freya campaign because that's some bullshit. And they're not talking about how they euthanize her. Like, what do they do? What do they do? I don't, did she hurt anybody? No. Did she hurt property? Yes. Guess what? Property destruction is not violence. That's right. Even if you're a fucking walrus. Norway, I see you, okay? And look, I didn't want to say it, I didn't, but let me say it. Let me say it. You got a white nationalist who killed dozens of people currently locked up in a very humane prison, and yet you fucking euthanize a walrus? fuck is wrong with you? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right, I'm done. I'm done. Norway, I see you, and you've got some explaining to do. All right, and with that, I want to bring in for the hour professionally trained storyteller, love coach, wedding officiant, officiant that's right, DJ, actor, and a comedian here in Los Angeles. Please welcome Mr. Mateen Stewart. What's up? What's up? Can you tell I live in LA? I have 17 jobs. <laughs> I've, I've been watching uh, F Boy Island and everyone's like little job description are jobs that don't exist. But mm. but like, do they're always like content creator. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. So I feel like that's perfect. Like love coach slash wedding officiant slash DJ slash actor slash comedian. Yeah. A lot of slashes, man. Um, but crushing it, nevertheless, Mateen, always a pleasure to have you on. You've been on once before. Um, yes, thank you. Yeah, so good to have you here. And it and in what a week. What a what a time. Um, I wanted to ask you before we get into the news, what you're bitching about today. Uh, I'm bitching about safe drivers, man. Uh, there's been a lot of things in the news where people are being reckless and just killing people who do not need to be killed. Um, there was a really bad accident here in Los Angeles where a woman uh, was drunk at 1.30 in the afternoon and she killed uh, six people. Um, and she was drunk because she broke up with her boyfriend. And there was talks that she was trying to commit suicide. And my thing is, if you're going to kill yourself, don't. I feel like you should be able to kill yourself. I am pro-choice on killing yourself. That You should be able to do that. That's You didn't have a choice coming into the world. You should have a choice if you want to take yourself out. And I know there's other people that are involved in that, but but don't involve people. Don't hurt people trying to take yourself out. And um, there's also Anne Hayes. She, she passed yes. away, too. Yes. She was doing 90 down the street, and 
Uh, I just saw yesterday there was some guys in the streets uh, in Chicago. They were having an altercation uh, in the middle of the night, and some guy just came and barreled down and killed killed four people. So uh, I'm very cognizant now of, of safe driving um, because I am a father, and I never really got why my dad was so like on us about driving safely and like not being distracted. Right. And my dad would always say, you're driving a bomb and we're literally driving bombs around. Totally. And I don't think we, we realize that. And now I feel like you need to be more careful when you're driving. People have more things to distract them. Oh my uh, God. The cell yeah. phones, the Bluetooth trying to change everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm bitching about safe driving. Don't drink and drive. There's so many avenues to so you can get home um, yeah, in a time of uber and like lyft it just really makes no sense especially like here in la which i know like those those rideshare apps as, as exploitative as they are have like really changed the game on like being able mm -hmm. to go out and like get home you know yeah because i don't remember taking a taxi when i'll go and i'm like I, I used to go out a lot i never took a taxi oh you wait but, to sober up i mean yeah yeah or yeah. like, go, like but then, walk around no no you have no like it's scary because like doing stand-up late at night like you drive home late at night and people first of all i think post-pandemic forgot how to fucking drive number one mm -hmm. and number two like you know when you're like i had a i'm pregnant right now and i was i'm like extra cautious when i'm driving mm -hmm. and you know when you see someone who's like oh this person's not stopping like this is not this is yeah. like like i had a pulling out in front of me turning like right you know to get onto the street i was driving on as i'm going like 30 you know 40 miles an hour and you're just like it's so chilling of course i honked at him for like two blocks i fucking tailed mm -hmm. his ass I was so mad because you're like no you can't do this stop trying stop fucking with my life you know um just because i don't know you want to speed and be a dick and whatever um yeah there's no excuse to to, to drink and drive or do drugs and drive. And I, like I said, I'm very cognizant of it, especially being a father and like driving a bomb in a car with the most precious thing in my life. I know. Uh, and then being on the road and stuff. And even when Erica was pregnant and that was another thing, like I didn't want her to do it. I just like, just wrap you in a bubble. And just <laughs> exactly. Bubble girl. Do you, do you have a baby life. on board sticker? Is this, does that, is that required? No, I do not have the baby on board sticker. I, I, I probably should, but I mean, it won't matter to people. It doesn't matter. I feel like you it should just, just be like, don't kill me, please. Yeah. But yes, yeah, there is a baby. Thing. That lady that ran it, she killed a, a mom and the mom was pregnant and the mom's baby. Jesus. So, you know, to me, it's just like, those. that's my worst nightmare. Um, and it's really been on my mind lately because so many incidents has happened where uh, just reckless driving. Right. Right. Of course, the libertarians would be like, well, my body, my choice. Mm -hmm. We don't. Mm -hmm. Why do we even need driver's license? Yeah, exactly. Anywho, <laughs> there's so much to get into, Mateen. Let's do it. First, a few stories that I picked plucked from this week. A Georgia grand jury is targeting Rudy Giuliani in a criminal probe into the Trump administration's attempt to overturn the 2020 election results in that state. The thing is, Rudy just had a stent put in and his lawyers say he can't fly, to which the DA said he could take a train or an Uber. And the jury is also subpoenaing Lindsey Graham to testify in the state. So are you thinking what I'm thinking? Road trip. This is mm. like MAGA Thelma and Louise, only if the movie like begins as the car flies off the cliff. <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, if a movie's over 30 years, there's no spoiler alert. Absolutely not. Um, or if it happened in real life, there's no spoiler alerts. It's also uh, fucked up. They're like, this is a fem feminist anthem. Yeah, they die, though. 
Mm-hmm. They do. We'll, we'll have they to. We need a. We need a remake of Thelma and Louise. Like, and I and I think about that a lot. Like all these people, people die every day, and it's never the people that I want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you cause so much, oh my God, so much havoc as the people that you've mentioned cause. Like I just, I just want these people to go away. I just want them to just like go away. Yes. And they have no accountability for whatever they do. They they want to change the narrative to to make it the way that they want to make it, and that is my. That's my biggest problem. And I there's no accountability for your actions. And if something happens, you're like, oh, everyone's always against you. Like you, you, you can't say anything bad because you already committed to being crazy. You can't go back and be like, oh, well, I I mean, I'm not that crazy. Right. Like you gotta go full crazy. They have to triple down on crazy at this yeah. point. And that's my biggest problem with MAGA people. Like, and I tell people, if you're white, you never have to explain to me why you like Trump. Like you don't. I, okay, I get it, right? You know what I mean? But like, you can't admit that he's done anything wrong. It's always like someone is going against this to a man who hates you. If you're like, especially if you're poor. Like, I hate that poor people support Donald Trump because he hates poor people. Yes. Yeah. The only thing. No, he has nothing in common with a poor person. No, no, all. zero. He didn't come from. He didn't come from being poor. And I could see if he was like. He, you know, I pulled myself by the bootstraps and I blah, 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 blah. Most of these people that he, that are his fans don't even have feet to have boots to pull up. <laughs> this is true. We've checked this. Um, a few, a few more stories. Author Salman Rushdie was stabbed 10 times at an event uh, and is in stable condition, though he might lose sight in one eye. And it's terrible and awful. But at this point, I think that Rushdie needs to just lean in and become a rapper. Like, 50 Cent yeah. was only shot nine times. Fetty Wap has an eye patch, but from like glaucoma as a kid. And so Rushdie's like way harder than those two. And the Satanic Verses already sounds like the best rap album of the year. So I say, Rushdie, let's do this. Yeah. Um, Liz Cheney faces a steep primary challenge in Wyoming today. Everyone's going to know the results, I'm sure, in a few hours. Despite the fact that her competitors clearly all huff glue in their free time. Um, no doubt she will though soon and one day be appointed as Secretary of State under a Kamala Harris presidency, so don't worry. And then we'll all have to pretend that it is feminism. Fun. <laughs> Speaking of fake feminism, Hillary Clinton has another book out in which she calls Bernie Sanders sexist, saying, quote, I know the kinds of things he says about women and to women. You mean like the time he told you to your face during a debate that being friends with a war criminal like Henry Kissinger wasn't something to brag about? Or was, was it when he said he would enact 12 weeks of paid family leave while you were saying it wasn't politically feasible? Kick rocks, bitch. Honestly, so tired of your shit. And in news from why billionaires shouldn't exist, resigning Whole Foods co-founder and CEO who is worth $85 billion told a podcast that, quote, socialists have taken over everything, which is ridiculous. We socialists are not taking over anything. Um, but just in case we do, what was his name? His name is, oh, John Mackey. Cool. I'm going to file that under to be guillotined. Um, look, I don't have a problem with billionaires whining about socialists, but I think that every time a billionaire complains about socialists, they should have to shove a million dollars in 20 denominations up their butts. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, oof. that's right. And then you'd be like, I hate socialism. But like you have to do like in order to earn that as a billionaire, 
Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, and maybe televise it. I mean, I don't want to see there, it, but I want to see your face. There, there's no good billionaires. Um, I would even argue there's no good millionaires. Uh, Eighty-five uh, billion, Mateen. Yeah, that's that's that's. You can't even think about how much money that is. <laughs> that that's 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 so that's too much money. Too much. Wait, off of like charging you, you know, thirty dollars for almond butter and other. That's, heinous crimes that's, that happen at Whole Foods. That's, that's that's too much money. I I give all my money away. Like, what do you need with eighty five billion dollars? <laughs> Nothing. Oh my god. Nothing. You don't need that. No. Really. No. All right. For everything else, this is the week where. So this was the week where we learned more details of Dark Merrick Garland's partisan witch hunt. To get highly classified documents back into the National Archives. Um, We now know that the documents that were taken from Mar-a-Lago during the FBI raid were likely documents pertaining to nuclear weapons. And that after someone from within the Trump circle tipped off the FBI that there were more documents than Trump initially handed over is what prompted this latest. Raid is a strong word. He knew it was happening. Everyone knew it was happening. Now, we don't know who did the tip-off. We're not sure. We could speculate, and I'm excited to do so. But just so there's a little bit more information here, among the 11 sets of documents taken were some marked as classified TSCI, short for Top Secret Sensitive Compartmented Information, according to an inventory of the material seized in the search. Those types of documents are meant to be viewed only in secure facilities. The inventory of documents included other materials, some describe as confidential. You know, like when you're like, every movie has that part where they're like, we got to go to the library and we got to do that research, Mm -hmm. man. But you can't just check out all that shit from the library. You can't check out national. I mean, you can't check out national. Not anyone can check out classified documents, but even like an old newspaper clipping. There's a reason they're looking at it through the machine in the thing. Cause you can't take it home. This is not. No, you're not supposed to. Right. This is not the latest issue of Good Housekeeping, and I don't even know if you can take that magazine home from the <laughs> library. I think you have to sit your ass down and read it. You know. Okay, so. Um, this is from the director of former director of the National Archives. He said what he doesn't have the right to do is possess the documents that are not his. There should be no presidential records at Mar-a-Lago, whether they are classified or unclassified or subject to executive privilege or subject to attorney client pri- privilege. So it doesn't actually matter what the type of documents are, even though, oh, my God, they might have been nuclear fucking documents. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but then he don't know. He's gonna act like he don't know. Of course, of course. So we'll get into his response. But Trump described the handover of 15 boxes uh, as ordinary and and routine. But administrations have re- been required to turn over documents to the National Archives before leaving office for more than 40 years. Remember, the 15 were the initial ones that he handed over, and it was created. Get this as part of the Presidential Records Act that was created in response to Richard Nixon's attempt to take his documents and recordings with him after resigning in disgrace. He just wanted all of his anti-Semitism in one spot so he could mm-hmm. take it off. Yeah. But he's not allowed to do that. You're not you're not allowed to do that at all. Um but here's here's what his so Trump has a, some spokespeople. This is like He's scraping the barrel for his spokespeople here. Obviously, we just talked about how Giuliani's wanted in Georgia, et cetera. 
So um, here is, here's John Solomon, one of his spokespeople talking about, <laughs> clearly reading his, from his phone, why Trump had those documents and why it was perfectly above board. <laughs> as we can all relate to everyone, to, as, as we can all relate to, everyone ends up having to bring home their work from time to time. American presidents are no different. President Trump, in order to prepare the work the next day, often took documents, including classified documents, to the residents. He had a standing order, there's the word I've been looking for, that documents removed from the Oval Office and taken to the residents were deemed to be declassified the moment he removed them. The power to classify and declassify documents rests solely with the President of the United States. The idea that some paper-pushing bureaucrat with classification authority delegated by the President needs to approve that the classification is absurd. So, <laughs> so one, he had to take his work home with him because there's just so much work, Mateen. Remember how Trump was always doing a lot of work? You're like, God damn, does this guy ever stop? No, I mean, it was it a golf course that he took home <laughs> to Mar-a-Lago? Because that's where he was all the time, man. That's so, that's so bullshit. Like, I, I, I get so frustrated listening to that, but I just like, they're just, they're doing what they're always done. They've always done this. Back paddle, back paddle, back paddle. Right. Oh, what about the idea that the president alone has the power to declassify a document? Just and and how it happens is I take a document from point A to point declassified. And it's like this is declassified. That's what it is. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. That's what I mean. Like <laughs> to be president, you really have to have nothing. You don't have to have any 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 history of doing anything right we could just elect anybody and i'm guarantee you he does not know about checks and balances no, it was part of the, like it was part of the onboarding class you know as part of the sort of orientation the presidential orientation mm -hmm. like the national archive people like hello um this is a toilet please don't use it to flush documents and they were like what are you talking about do you have a trash what is what where else do you throw trash you know what i mean like that's they were just not paying attention during the most important part of orientation. And yeah, now they're like, um, exactly. But like president, executive powers, like, no, idiot. Um, so now there's three different um, three different laws that he might have broken. And I want to get into those very, very, very briefly. One is the Espionage Act, which is crazy because the Espionage Act has traditionally or as of late been used to go after like whistleblowers, like Daniel mm -hmm. Ellsberg and the Pentagon Papers or Reality Winner uh, when it came to um, information about Russia, right? And and, um, mm -hmm. and 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 Edward Snowden, all these people, uh, Chelsea Manning, right? Like all these people have been charged with and some convicted like Reality Winner of the espionage, violating the Espionage Act. The other two have to do with obstruction laws, uh, Section 1519, which if convicted, the can carry a 20-year prison sentence for concealing or destroying documents. That was established after the Enron scandal, fun. And then Section 2071, um, which also uh, Trump may have violated, prevents, and this is all in the, uh, the, the warrant, prevents the destruction of any government documents and makes it punishable up to three years per prison, in prison per offense, and prevents anyone who violates it from holding federal office mm. so he can't be president anymore i don't know 
I really hope so. so. Now, most, of course, all experts are like, well, I don't think that's going to happen. Not to them. You know, and if they're not saying that, they're like, well, how would the nation react if we barred him from running again? I'm so scared. Like, you will be scared when he fucking wins again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he would. I think he would win again. Up against up against Dark Brandon, you think? I think he I think he win again. I I I feel like he would win again. I mean, well, he he lost two times, but maybe <laughs> third time's a charm. Yeah. I mean, because we have the memory of Nats sort of collectively in this country, um, mm-hmm. remembering that we were in a very awful period in 2020. And that we had a president who literally like wanted more of us to die on his watch and did not give a shit. Like we just yeah, forgot about that. It's just ooh, that's let's put that the, in the trauma bucket of our brains. The, the fact that January six happened and this president had his people go attack. I was if a Barack Obama led something like that and was like, oh, black people, let's go fuck up the White House. It would be Black Tuesday for a uh, Black Tuesday for all the black people that got murdered that day. My God! Like, Even like, if the, I, just think about no, it. No, it, it's they went into the Capitol. The, it was like the cat. They went into the Capitol, and it's so. It is such. I'm still pissed off about it, and I don't think that we understand. Like you said, it's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> but to your point, one of the people who went into the Capitol actually last week attacked an FBI building in Cincinnati. He had a nail gun and he also had an AR-15. I don't know why he led with the nail gun, but whatever. This dude um, had a six-hour standoff with police and was eventually, after the there was a failure of talking him down, again, man who had stormed the Capitol, man who attacked the FBI, gets a six-hour talking to before lethal force is used. Which black person in America would, like, has ever been treated with that amount <laughs> I said what I was going to say would die for that, but we would already be dead. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> One would die for Donald Trump. But like, yeah. so you're, the connection is there. It's it's folks who, and look, I'm not saying like, let's lock up and throw away the key, every low level goon who, in you know, attacked the Capitol. But you're absolutely right, pointing out the hypocrisy that if this were anyone else other than like, kind of m- like middle class to upper class white people white men white, white men, men led the charge yes. there would they would there was no way they'd have a fucking ankle bracelet on in like to say the least and every single movement of theirs would be tracked yeah um it, it would and it's just just that's just i tell people i just want the opportunity to 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 be able to fuck up and get a second chance we don't we don't get second chances no it is it's bullshit. I, I want to go to this because Trump is now trying to play a little bit of reverse psychology. Um, he has taken to his social media platform, Truth Social. Truth. Are you on Truth? Not on Truth. Are you on Truth? I'm on Truth. Oh, yes. I am a troll on Truth. How- <laughs> I imagine it's just like nothing but trolls and then some real diehard users kind of like the way that people were trolling the, what was it? The, the like truckers strike mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. truckers and heavy quotation marks strike. Um, I'm a troll. True troll. I love it's, it. It's, What's your, what is it's amazing. Wh- who are you? Are you like per, are you like MAGA Stan Mateen? I, let me see what my name is. I think it's like Trump 
is my cum daddy or something like that. <laughs> I think it's something like outrageous. Oh, Trump's Trump's cuck is my uh, is my truth name. Trump's <laughs> that's amazing. What kind of things you tweet? Are you just tweet back at people? Are you truth? I just tweet back to them and just like, oh, I'm so part. I'm so glad to be a part of the best cult ever and like did anyone else uh, just come thinking about january 6th yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i just yeah, thought I about just, trump's yeah. man boobs and got hard anyone yeah. oh retweet the best <laughs> the best in shape president ever the best golfer president ever <laughs> okay so he truthed the other day um oh great it has just been learned that the FBI, in its now famous raid of Mar-a-Lago, now famous, everything's famous, took boxes of privileged attorney-client material and also executive privilege material, which they knowingly should not have taken. By copy of this truth, I respectfully request that these documents be immediately returned to the location from which they were taken. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. By copy of this truth is... It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's a declaration. He just because he tweeted this or truthed it, whatever the fuck it's called. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Hear Release ye. the hound. <laughs> just the smallest little like naked emperor, no clothing. Hear ye, hear ye. By copy of this truth. Jesus Christ. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And also the best part is he's like, you actually you you owe me those documents back. Like, yeah, like no no it was a warrant bro like what the fuck like i just i just be like what the fuck man yeah there was a warrant you knew this was gonna happen you know what's in the warrant we're we're seeing details of like you know box one contains you know classified stuff box mm -hmm. two blah um there there is a it's it's unclear how much more we're going to learn um but yeah it homie you can't flip this on everybody and your truth doesn't matter you i'm sorry i love how like they're doing the like i'm speaking my truth <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like very like the people that that they don't they they talk shit about right. and like and that's all defund the fbi shit like they were the biggest like blue lives matter people and then like they just switched to defund the fbi like when they were talking about defunding the police oh you guys are traitors and all this stuff not to defund the fbi because the FBI is doing his job and some some Trumper that I that I'm friends with on Facebook, he posted like, is it Mayor Garland mm -hmm. uh, in a picture of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell on the plane or whatever? The, the fake, yeah, like, Photoshop image of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, really? Like, you really can't? And I, the thing about it is like, you don't think Trump was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein? Like, no, New York, rich New York billionaires. You don't think they were hanging out together and doing all the same Sick shit. There's like a photo of them together as they're in mid like sexist remark. Like you, they're like, yeah. I wonder how old she is. Like you know that's mm -hmm. exactly what they're saying. Hey, hey, hey. So, yeah, so that's actually at Mar-a-Lago of all places. At, of all places, uh, which by mm -hmm. the way, the security at Mar-a-Lago is so fucking lax. Like I remember there was some like. Um, I think it was like a Chinese dissident or someone who like just paid a lot of money and got like into some back room like fucking mm -hmm. dinner and and she was like like skulking around the whole place and I was like yeah it's fine ah, she's got money like as long as you throw down for a thirty dollar like shitty margarita or uh, uh, uh what is it a 
a martini with ice cubes in it, as I've seen and we've talked about. Uh, they serve at Trump residences and Trump martinis. Well, I, oh man, it, ice inside, Mateen. <sighs> it makes me like the 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 amateur mixologist wants to die inside yeah, of me. James James Bond is rolling in his grave right now. Absolutely. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, TBD on what happens. Um, obviously, uh, in Phoenix, there's people outside of the FBI building marching with guns. So that's fun. And I'm sure uh, there's going to be more attempted attacks on the FBI. White people, white people, they can do that. <laughs> and they, they can if do it. If it was black people, they would change the law. You can't be just like they did with the Black Panthers in, in, in the Capitol in Sacramento. Yep. As soon as they did it, they were like, oh, nope, you can't have guns in the Capitol. We need stronger gun laws suddenly. Precipitated yeah. by, I don't know what exactly, but mm -hmm. you know, suddenly I'm yeah. on board with that. Yeah. Killing students wasn't enough, but you know, black people with guns, I think so. Yeah. Um, all right, next story. Very excited for your take. This was the week where school came back into school session. Faculty. It is back, yeah. baby. Uh, very sad for those children, <laughs> exciting for their parents, but school's back uh, in states across the country. The only problem is teachers are missing. That's right. There is what is being called a great teacher's shortage. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona says there are 300,000 fewer public school teachers since before the pandemic. And apparently 72% of school districts nationwide lack applicants to fill open positions. Now, the question is, obviously, how do you solve it? But first, a little bit more on the actual problem. It doesn't doesn't you know stretch anyone's imagination to see how hard the pandemic's been on teachers uh the national education association said 91 percent of educators uh, uh say that pandemic related stress and burnout is a serious problem in their profession 55 percent reported they plan to leave their profession earlier than originally planned and as a reminder the national average salary for teachers across the country is sixty-four thousand dollars. But of course, in states including Mississippi, South Dakota, Florida, many educators earn far, far, far less. Um, yeah, so well, of course, this is what we would expect to happen. Um, Mateen, before we go into some of the fixes that are being floated, mm -hmm. does this make sense to you at a, at a time coming back, back to the classroom? Um, it, yeah. It does. It does make sense because, like, during the pandemic, I feel like parents really saw what their teacher had to deal with, like having their kid at school. And then there was really no, there's no plan and set to to educate kids online because it came out of nowhere. So the the teachers were getting frustrated, the parents were getting frustrated, the kids were getting frustrated. Kids, the education level went down because you can teach the same things. Um, the salary for teachers hasn't increased right. that much over the last few years. And one of the things that I, I hear people talk about teachers all the time, but like, how hard can it be? You know, you only, you don't work all, you don't work the whole year, but like you really do, you are really working the whole year. And those breaks are needed um, for those teachers to not go crazy. And I'm surprised there's not more school shootings with teachers doing the shooting. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious because that's why I would tell people like you can't give a teacher a gun. They, like they would be a school <laughs> shooting every day if you gave teachers guns. Like, because it's very stressful. It's high stress because the parents are like, "Oh yeah, why? 
why is it my kid? You, you get the blame for every bad kid. Yes. And a lot of times what teachers are doing now, especially in a public school forum, it's a lot of behavioral stuff. So you can't even really teach the things that you need to teach. I feel like teachers need to get a higher salary. Um, I saw the guy that won a billion dollars mm-hmm. in Illinois. He had to give the government $800 million. Where the fuck does that money go? I think all all lottery money should go to education. Mm-hmm. Every single dollar. I love that. Every single dollar goes to education. I think teachers should be able to retire after 15 years. Yes. And they make it to 20. They get their whole pension. It should be I like being a cop, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It should be like being a cop. Especially um, if now they're being asked to do cop shit. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't, like, that was a thing, like, we, you know, have to go through, like, a school shooting drill. That's, like, a real thing. And then when I would, when I was teaching, like, we would do, we would have fire drills and stuff. And I, and in my mind, like, man, this is the perfect time if someone wanted to, like, shoot up a bunch of people because we're all outside. We know, yeah, you know what's going to happen. So there's so many different things wrong with the educational system in America. And, you know, you can, you say you can't throw money at a problem, but, it's a lot easier to do a lot more things if you're making a lot more money. Yeah, how about so, we like, try? It's like the one thing that hasn't been tried. Oh, there's money thrown at education, but it's all for private education and uh, mm-hmm. charter schools and vouchers and things to mm-hmm. defund the public education system. Um, and a shout out to my brother, who's a, a public school teacher in Oakland, who- Oh, God bless him. Yeah, he was going you know, back into the fire here. Um, and yeah, it is rough as hell. I wanted to, you know, Mateen's laying out some very common sense solutions, give teachers more money. I mean, look, that's what's happening in retail sectors, right? In like food service work. It's like, you know, I saw Jack in the Box the other day. It was like, we're starting at $18. You're like, oh, okay, exactly. you know? That, that's the thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, these, I was in Detroit, like White Castle started at $17. Right. Like, we need to get these people to make more money, but it's never, it's never for the, there's never like an outcry advocate like teachers don't make money because you're always like, but you only work nine months out the year. Like, it's easy. Like, no, it's not. It is not. Oh. The demands of a teacher is, is you know, you start super early. You start before you, you're you supposed to. You never go home on time. No. When I was teaching, I did because I was like, I was, but, but a lot of teachers. <laughs> but I was a bad teacher. So, but anyway. No, I was not a bad teacher. I was a good teacher. I made things look easy. That's what I said. Just because I make it look easy, that don't mean I'm not doing my job. You know what I mean? Just because I do it with swag. No. Yeah, but also I'm, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I was an anomaly, you know? Right. Black male, black male kindergarten teacher. Like you never, you never see that. So it was. Um, it was very rare. Very, yeah, and and you're oh my god, you're absolutely right. Not to say nothing of the prep work, like the, uh, cuts into your vacation, summertime, and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, okay, let's look at some of the worst solutions. Here are what mostly red states are floating right now. Of course, uh, let's go to Arizona. So Doug Ducey signed into law a measure decreeing that public school teachers are no longer required to have a college degree of any kind before being hired. Uh, Arizona teachers will only have to be enrolled in college to begin teaching the state's public school students. So there's another way to do it. Just be like, oh, hey, teachers who already exist, we want to retain you. Um, We're just going to devalue the credential that you worked hard to receive. Yeah, fuck that thing. Now you don't need it. Fuck your degree. So now that's that's a waste of money, too, because, oh, now, you you know, you got to pay like $22,000 to get your credential. And that should... Like, if you are wanting to be a teacher, like, that should be paid for. Yeah. 
Like there should oh, be absolutely. a school where like, here's a teacher school that the state pays for. If you can get into this school to get your certification, it's a teacher school. We're going to pay for it. Yes. And that, that just goes for you to be able to do that. Making it easier to become a teacher is not necessarily the thing. Give the teachers more money. Yes. That that's that's it's about retention. These are it's not like oh yes. we suddenly lost 300,000. It's you lost them because you couldn't retain them. Anyway, yeah. I digress because there's one more one more state I'm going to going to look at which is of course Florida. Uh Ron DeSantis unveiled the state's official on the state's official website recruiting veterans to help fill the gaps in schools. Um, former armed service members do not need a bachelor's degree to teach the state's children in keeping with the trend across the country as at least 12 states have changed or eliminated their licensing requirements for educators in the last year. That's fucking crazy. And again, mm. this is Mr. Don't say gay in the public school. Oh, you, you can discriminate against LGBTQ plus students and teachers as much as you fucking want. Here he is making the case for why vets perfect educators. If you served in the military for at least four years, were honorably discharged, have taken 60 college credits, and passed a subject area exam, we want you to be able to teach Florida students. Our veterans have a wealth of knowledge and experience they can bring to bear in the classroom, and with this innovative approach, they will be able to do so for five years with a temporary certification as they work towards their degree. For too long, the requirements to be a teacher have been too rigid with union bosses insisting that all educators get certain credentials that often have little impact on teaching performance. Every morning, our students recite the Pledge of Allegiance while looking at the star-spangled banner, and it's fitting that the teacher in the classroom is somebody who took an oath and put his or her life on the line to preserve, protect, and defend our flag and the freedom it represents. From devil dogs to salty dogs and doughboys to flyboys, we respect our veterans and know that they have a lot to offer. Thanks so much, and God bless. <laughs> what did he just say uh, at the end there? <laughs> those, those, so all those are what they call um, different sets of armies in like the military, right. the doughboys. But they all sound like gay gangs, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. Uh, that this guy is doughboys and flyboys. Come on now, that sounds like They're backup dancers. Like yeah, and so what? He's first off. Let's let's make it easier for a, a group of population who we don't support. Um, with their mental health, who, a population who has a long history of suffering from PTSD. Let's put those people inside of a classroom with children, uh, with bells and loud noises. Let's do that, Governor DeSantis. Like, I don't, I, and I hate Pledge of Allegiance. I hated that. I hated we, like, why are we, why, why are we just giving our allegiance to this fucking flag that we don't even need to be in the classroom? But I, I, I hate that he, I hate his face. He has such a punchable face. Oh, yeah, the most. Just, and no, and that's another thing. Like I, I am with with military people working or whatever. But like I said, it's a population who we don't normally take care of when they're done. It, they, the government will chew you up and spit you out. Yep. Would would and 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 here's how I know because when whenever there's the Fourth of July and there's all these things about about the fireworks, you never hear about uh, the veterans. It's always about dogs. It's never about the guy <laughs> that went to war six times. And is hiding in his basement under his weighted blanket. It's all about dogs. Like me, the fireworks. What the dogs? Like you never hear vets. 
And let's put these people in the classroom. No. Fuck out of here, man. Yeah, no. Let, let, let's sorry, let's give them health care and mental yes. health care and, yes. and like homes first. Uh, yes. Let's reduce the number of vets sleeping on the streets first. And then we'll put them in classrooms, obviously, again, with the proper credentials. It's just it's so it's also like this bullshit, you know, fake patriotism as if like yeah the vet, vets are the most patriotic of all of course they should be you know and what are they gonna teach no, them and we're like 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 fuck the government most vets i'm like fuck this place yeah and everybody i know that joined the army my cousin did 20 years in the army and he he only joined because the he got into a car accident and he had no money and the 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 bonus was exactly what he needed to pay for his his uncle's car and that's why he did 20 years and he hates the military today and he went to office around everything no man we we have a poverty draft in this country that's exactly what it is um Mm -hmm. so but but again it's like you don't give a fuck about vets stop using them for your you know xenophobic purposes to like do what you think is going to be brainwashing the kids you really think kids want to hear about like the realities of war in iraq and afghanistan i don't think so yeah i tried to shoot one of you in the face you know what i mean like (laughs) like, that's what i I got a kid about your size you're like oh my god yeah, I had a I had a teacher, Mr. Williams. He was Vietnam. He shouldn't have been a teacher. He was he had a couple of screws loose. We yeah, Mr. Williams. I had a history teacher, teacher who was obsessed with some North kids time spent in Korea. So he had a lot mm-hmm. of like Korean war stories. It was very ridiculous. Everyone's had that teacher. Um, we gotta move on. Super excited to have uh, our next guest, uh, immigrant rights activist and progressive advocate, formerly press secretary for Bernie 2016 and chief advocacy officer officer at Raices, Texas. She also hosted the first season of the podcast, Homeland Insecurity. Please welcome Erica Andiola. Hi. So good to be back. Hi. Welcome back to the show. So good to, oh my God, I love your, ugh, the teal background. I'm just like, this is such a, <laughs> I, the, I don't say this very often, but it is such a vibe. You're, everything is calming to right? me. <laughs> I'm like, there's like, just Erica's in front of this like gorgeous, like subdued teal, swirly, dreamlike scape. And I want everyone to live in it. <laughs> It matches my nook door. There you <laughs> it's go. True. It's true. Um, Erica, so good to have you here. There, I've been wanting to talk to you. I've been wanting to break down, you know, what I think has been one of the biggest um, sort of holes in coverage when it comes to looking at how the Biden administration has been doing, which is Biden's immigration policies, you know? And um, I felt like up until maybe a couple months ago, all of it, really looked like Trump's immigration policies, but I want to kick it to you to look at the good and the bad. And I want to start with the good. So recently the administration announced they were ending the remain in Mexico policy, which is basically paying Mexico and paying Central American countries to like, well, basically paying Mexico to keep any, any migrants from coming into the States that attempt and also the attempts or that, and then the attempts to end title 42, can you just talk about those two pieces and and maybe the good parts about this administration? Yeah, yeah. And it's all super complicated, right? When I start talking to people about like Title 42 and MPP, it's like just all words and numbers. Uh, but in reality, it's all really, really important uh, for migrants, right? And, and people who are trying to seek a better life here in the U.S. So Title 42 
was basically something that happened during the Trump administration because of COVID. Um, he used that excuse to not let people in, right? And that's like as simple as I can put it. Mm -hmm. um, so this policy is still there. And unfortunately, you know, it has been, uh, there's a lot of organizations and the uh, Biden administration themselves have been pushing back in, in, in court uh, to try to get rid of it. Um, I don't know if, if there has been much of a fight from the Trump administration, but I know that there's been organizations really uh, pushing back. Um, and unfortunately, right now that's still in place. And so thousands and thousands of people who try to cross or who try to seek asylum, actually, who are like trying to legally seek asylum in this country are turned back um, to either Mexico or some are, are flown back to uh, the countries they're from. So like thousands of Haitian migrants, for example, um, have been flown, um, you know, every month uh, to, to, to Haiti and other countries. Now, MPP, on the other hand, um, it's something that basically told people you have to wait in Mexico in order for you to, um, you know, be able to come to the U.S. at some point for your court hearing. So if your court hearing is in a year from now, you're going to have to wait in Mexico for a year. And what mm -hmm. happens if you're not Mexican, then you have to wait um, basically in a tent or somewhere in the street, or you just try to find somewhere where you can live, you know, until <laughs> immigration judge decides to see you. So that the good news is that that just ended. So mm -hmm. there's now a lot of hope for people who have been waiting in Mexico for months or years to, uh, you know, trying to seek asylum here. Um, now they're going to wait here in the U.S. with their families um, and at some point hopefully uh, see a judge and have a fighting chance to stay here in the U.S. Are those two things at odds with one another? Like if the Remain in Mexico policy ends, but we still aren't allowing asylum seekers to actually file for asylum, then it's kind of like it's a little bit of a moot point. Is that is that does that feel like a an issue? Yeah, I mean, there's only so right now the the challenge is that there's there's some people who are able to seek asylum or to be able to come right for example young children uh, or you know people under 18 um they are basically exempt from title 42 so you know they I, they come on their own right which you have kids literally children coming um uh, are able to stay here um but if you're an adult or if you know for example uh ukrainians there are a lot of ukrainians who are allowed to um, yes. There were a lot of people, um, you know, depending on the country, but for the most part, asylum right now is close to most people. And right. I would say for most people who are brown and black. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a very, very controversial uh, policy. And we have been fighting to end it. Unfortunately, the courts are involved. And so we're sort of, you know, in a waiting position right now um, to to see what um, this federal judge is going to say about the, the policy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and the best part about it, I mean, yes, the, you pointed out the U Ukrainian versus Haitian, um, you know, double standard in terms of who is allowed to seek asylum in this country. Um, but also, you got the pandemic, which is supposedly the reason we have Title 42, and it's the Republicans and, like, right-wing judges who are like, no, we need to keep Title 42 because of the pandemic. It's like, motherfucker, I thought you didn't believe in the pandemic like i thought you you know and you're like just just say what you mean which is well i think that migrants carry diseases anyway like when we all know it's vacationing 
gringos bringing back hella COVID and also spreading it. <laughs> yeah, look, I was uh, I was just uh, tweeting the other day about this because I thought about it. I went on a, on a flight and I ended up getting COVID. Um, and I was like, look, all these people who were like throwing their masks and celebrating the day that, you know, uh, COVID restrictions were uplifted in, the, in you know, on flights. I'd say a lot of those people would be in the in the camp of saying, you know, let's 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 keep them there because you know yeah. COVID is dangerous. <laughs> so there's definitely a double standard of what's going on, and it's just you know another kind of extension of the racism that we have seen, um, you know, in the immigration system, and right. it's it's really hurting people right now. Can you talk about um, speaking of this? A little bit of a different tack, but speaking of children under 18 coming to this country. Um, talk about DACA and what, um, you know, deferred action for childhood arrivals. Um, again, the sort of landmark supposed to be temporary policy under Obama and, and craft a pathway to citizenship for, you know, um, 600,000 people. Um, where does it stand now? And what are DACA recipients thinking, saying, like, what is, I, I hear it's like in a court in New Orleans, like what the hell? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you combine all the complexity of the immigration system with the courts and it's just, people are lost, right? right. Uh, but with DACA, what's going on in DACA, I, you know, I'm a DACA recipient, which, which it basically means that I came before, you know, when I was a, a child to the US, and there's certain things that I qualified for, uh, for this program that gives me a, a work permit. So I can mm -hmm. work, I can travel within the U.S. and so on. Um, so right now what's going on is that uh, the, the, the case, you know, Trump ended the program. And then again, everything went to the courts. So skipping a ton of information, I'll just say where it is now, which is in, in uh, the Fifth Circuit. Uh, uh -huh. I was just in New Orleans not, not too long ago. That's where I ended up getting COVID. Uh, but I was just in New Orleans, and <laughs> we we went to the Fifth Circuit there to uh, to see what you know what the how the hearing went, and it turns out that these uh, judges are very conservative. Um, they are not necessarily the ones the type of judges that you would have a lot of hope for, and so there's the possibility that within the next few months uh, they could potentially end the program. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we could have a miracle in which they decide to, to keep it. Um, and I say miracle because majority of the lawyers think that um, they are so conservative that it's it's like very high percentage that they will end the program, uh, the possibility of that. And so for us right now, it's super important, you know, that we're educating people to like renew their, 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 their work permits. You can do it every two years. Um, and then also, you know, it's crazy how Congress is not doing crap right now and and we're all we know the filibusters and you know stopping a lot of things and so on but we're still at least saying you know to senators and congress people that this is the moment to pass the dream act which has been something that we've been fighting for for decades and it could potentially protect people if the program is uh you know uh ended by the fifth circuit but um of course it would go to the supreme court afterwards but you all know how the supreme court looks like right now <laughs> so all we could do right now is potentially end the filibuster or try to get 10 republicans to pass the dream act which is also a really 
long shots. So it, we're, we're in a bad situation, but you know, we got to keep pushing. That's all we can do for now. Right. I think we, we, we just need a few more handouts to Kirsten cinema and Joe mansion, Erica, and we're, the, we're there, you know, we're so close to buying them off. Can you just briefly state what's in the dream act? Uh, what, what it says? Yeah, so basically if you came to, well, there's been a, 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 a bunch of versions. And I mean, it was introduced in like 2001. That's how old this bill is. And he hasn't passed. And he has like over 70% of support from, uh, you know, American citizens and so on. So it's crazy. Um, but it um, allows for people who came to this country as children, um, who have a, a high school di a diploma, who meet all these criteria, um, you know, that you don't, you're not supposed to have any felonies and so on, you know, to be a good immigrant, as, you know, folks call it. Right. Um, and you would be allowed to be in the path to citizenship. So you can, you know, apply for residency and then eventually become a citizen of this country. Um, and yeah, there's been a lot of versions, the current version, you know, passed the house, but it has been, you know, basically stuck in, in there. Where all bills um, go to die. Yeah. The that's right. Basically. I mean, as it even, I'm assuming it hasn't even come up for a vote. Not, not in the Senate. No, right. No. And he has, I mean, he's, he's got a lot, you know, of, of uh, so the last time the dream I came for a vote in the Senate actually did, it was in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and it passed the house and it went to the Senate only to be killed by the filibuster, um, Senator McCain filibustered it back then. And um, we had five Republicans voting for it in the Senate. Um, and five really? uh, Democrats either didn't vote or voted against it. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's when my anger started with uh, this whole, you know, all Democrats are pro-immigrant narrative, which is completely false. You know, there's a lot of Democrats who are still subscribing to that idea that immigrants come here to, you know, whatever, it, steal jobs or whatever the narrative is from the right. right. So it's, it's frustrating, yeah. It's, it's absolutely insane. Um, I mean, it, it feels like legislatively there's a bit of a dead end, clearly, with this current makeup. Um, except you've got Biden and you've got some executive action. Is there is there executive action he could be taking right now when it comes to creating a pathway for citizenship and circumventing? I mean, DACA was effectively that thanks to a ton of organizing by folks like yourself. But but is there a pathway around executive action at this point? Yeah, that might get, you know, stopped in the courts, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a challenge, right? The, the thinking about what can survive if it goes through the courts, because, of course, you know, the, all the Republican states are going to jump in, into killing it again. Uh, but I will say, you know, a lot of a lot of um, people are still being deported and, you know, it's ICE was deporting them and Border Patrol, and they're still under um, DHS, and DHS is still under the president. Um, and so it's, to me, it's important to always um, highlight that, yes, you know, there are a lot of policies that are going to be stopped by the courts, but at the end of the day, um, ICE still has a lot, a lot of discretion. Um, and yes. they, if, if the president wanted, you know, they, they could ensure that people, you know, my own mom is in deportation proceedings right now. I've been fighting that for, for a decade now. And I, every time I try to, you know, I work on her case with our attorney, I, I can see how much um, discretion ICE agents have. You know, her, her deportation agent can literally decide to keep her here or deport her the next day if they wanted to. 
And so there's, there's so much, you know, that, that, that we could. This is an ICE agent? Do. This is, yeah, this is a deportation yeah. officer, right? Yeah. That who, who could potentially decide if, if the person can stay or leave, you know, from one day to the other, depending on their case, obviously. Um, but if you can imagine, right, my mom is 64 and, you know, she, she just had a, a great granddaughter. <laughs> a, uh, I'm kind of aging myself here, but, you know, she she's a great grandma and, 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 and she's literally under the hands right now of a deportation officer who could decide, you know, what her faith is. And so it's um, important for us to continue to push the president and, and their administration to, you know, try to... Just like Steve Miller, you all remember that character from the Trump yeah, administration? Yeah, 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 that piece of shit living in he, a blanket fort, yeah. He pushed the envelope so hard because of his hate of immigrants. I mean, his passion against immigrants was so, so much that he didn't care. He pushed the envelope on all these policies. We don't have that. We don't have the opposite of that in the Biden right. administration. We don't have it. And so we don't have anybody who's like sitting there trying to like, figure out how creative, you know, or being creative and creating this types of, um, you know, policy changes that can be done by by the president to stop deporting people. And, and it's frustrating. As well. You know, it, it, it actually, I was, you know, there was this really great piece about one specifically young Biden official administration um, member, uh, a young Latina woman, I believe, who was Andrea working Flores. around yeah. Andrea Flores, who was working on on immigration reform, and she eventually resigned just because yeah. she, there was no pathway forward for her to actually affect change and either was asked to resign or resigned herself. But it's like, this is a young... Anyway, I, I just wanted to mm. name her. I'm glad you're bringing her up because you're like... And she was not doing, arguing to defund ICE, even though ICE should be defunded and even ICE mm -hmm. wants to be defunded and that's a story for another time because they're like people hate us and we're like we know but like even she tried she was like for lack of a better term iced out of the administration <laughs> she did and I encourage people to read her op-ed um, Andrea Flores I don't remember where she posted it but it, it was a great op-ed and one of the things she says is that she saw ways in which there can be processes to get people in, right? Mm. If you wanted to process thousands of asylum seekers, you know, to, for them to come and fight their case, that there's ways to do that, but there's mm -hmm. no will. And, and and that's the part that, you know, we have seen that the, the will from the administration to actually create, you know, the, 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 the processes and the pathways for people to come and, and ask for asylum, you know, like a lot of Ukrainians are doing it right now. Um, right. I mean, the, the, if I'm going to go back to that because I've seen, you know, people on the ground who have been working with migrants, um, you know, I've, I, I saw this uh, photo on, on Twitter from a friend of mine who works on the, at the border and there's this like shelter, you know, in Mexico of, of people who are arriving who are Ukrainian and there's another one of, of Central Americans. And I mean, you can see how different it looks, right? Like just the way they're treated is completely different. And so it's... Um, yeah, yeah, people should definitely go read her her op-ed and and yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Martina, I wanted to give you a chance to jump in if you wanted to ask anything, say anything. I had one last question. Um, no, I've I've just I'm I'm not flabbergasted like you said. We don't they don't have someone the opposite, which is on par for the stagnant Biden administration. Um, but yeah, I I think that if you make it here. To do it a lot of people do to have to get here 
uh, you should be able to stay. And especially if you're seeking asylum. But if you're black or brown, you go back. And if you're white, you can stay. Right. Uh, and we're a country built by immigrants and people who were forced to be here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just, it's very frustrating. And I can't imagine how, how it feels for you. Yeah. And, and the other thing I will point out is it all, you know, the Ukraine situation is so fascinating because it all sort of stems from like what you define as a war, you know, whereas the United States has been funneling so much money uh, and, you know, illicitly and not illicitly, you know, the guns that are flowing into Mexico and Central America, fueling the drug war, fueling all that. But that's a, you know, decades long war, whereas now, you know, we're funding Ukraine's resistance against Russia, and that's a war. But this other thing, that's no, 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 that's not a war. Oh, there's like, there can't be asylum seekers from that war. We're funding it, especially how Ukrainian people treat the immigrants for their country. Right. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Yes, immigrants. Yeah. Yes, n non-white Ukrainian immigrants yes. you know, who were yeah, exactly. trying to escape there. Who could get on trains and stuff. Exactly, for sure. Um, I, I, Erica, one, one last question. Um, let's talk about the wall. Because on the one hand, uh, I was fucking livid when I read that maybe Friendship Park on the border of San, Di uh, San Diego and Mexico, Mexico, United States, maybe was going to have like a wall put right through it, ending essentially what is like a, uh, a park where visitors from both sides of the border can, can converse and meet, although there's stipulations on that. Sounds like they might not build that wall in th right through that fucking park, which, by the way, was inaugurated by, like, Nixon's wife. You're like, okay, that's a Republican. But then I was reading that in Yuma, Arizona, there's going to – there's, like, holes in Trump's wall that Biden's just going to patch up. He's not going to take it down. He's just going to yeah. finish the job. So mm -hmm. what about this? I mean, I, I always get very uh, upset when people are like, Trump never built the wall. And you're like, actually, he he did in a lot mm -hmm. of places. Yeah, they did. And I mean, the problem is that they're going to and they can continue to put all the barriers that they, you know, they want. The fact is that people are going to try because they're fleeing. Many, many people are fleeing, you know, terrible violence or poverty. Um, or whatever it is going on, you don't just you don't just pack up your things and, and and say goodbye to loved ones and perhaps never see them again in your life just for the fun of it, right? You leave because you have there's something that's that's making you really want to take this journey, and a wall is not going to stop you, right? If 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 you really want to make this journey, um, you're going to try your best to get to get through. What's happening is that all these walls are creating situations where people are finding more dangerous ways to cross, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, we don't want that. And so asylum is almost impossible to apply for. There's all these walls that are up everywhere. And so guess what? You know, a lot of smugglers and a lot of people who um, go on their own, they will decide to go to through places that are a lot more dangerous. And so we have more and more people who are dying. I don't know if you'll remember, 50, 53 people died in a trailer in San Antonio not too long ago. Yes. Um, because they, I, I can assure you, they had no other choice but to follow the lead of these smugglers. And they ended up, you know, in a trailer, uh, suff suffocated and you know, under the heat in San Antonio. And so we, we just can't continue to tolerate that. And, um, you know, I, I, and then you have Greg Abbott blaming Biden, you know, that. Oh, asshole. and 
I mean, that's the thing. They're always going to play this political football, right? That a Republican is going to see this, a Democrat, the Democrat is going to see the Republican. But the fact is that for as long as I can remember, immigrants have been the enemy in this country. I mean, I, I talk about it in the podcast, right? In, 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 in 9-11, after 9-11 happened, guess who became the enemy? It was us. It was brown and black people, Muslim folks. Um, and to this day, both parties have done nothing but, but you know, to use us as scapegoats um, yes. to try to blame it on us for every, almost every problem in this country. To say nothing of, I mean, just weak sauce Democrats, you know, if if and when they get their act together, it's always in exchange for like more border militarization. Mm -hmm. And and something I wanted to mention earlier, and, and we could we could go on, but we can't. But like, you know, you're right about DHS being under control of this administration, you know, and yet why are ICE agents and Border Patrol agents acting like rogue entities? They continue to act mm -hmm. like they're fucking militias on the border and as if they're not literally under the direction of President Biden. And they mm -hmm. constantly throw him under the bus. They constantly shit on. They did it to Obama, of course. They they keep on doing it to, to, to Biden. They love Trump, you know, all that. But like, and of course, they've got their own unions, the whole thing. It's like, this is a rogue entity. When are you going to, like, they're playing you. Yep. They've been playing you. Ugh. So frustrating. Um, well, it's good to see that there are a, a few openings, um, but obviously there needs to be way more. Is there anything you want to add, Erica, before we we sign off? No, you know, it's. I think the hope is in the organizing and the hope is in the people. Um, that's, that's where my hope has been for a long time. It hasn't been on the politicians or in the administration. It's been on you know, everyday people who are going through a really, really hard time right now, as undocumented folks or migrants, you know, and others, um, we, we, we got to organize and push, right? Yeah. They're not going to give it to us. So that's, that's where my hope is. And I hope we can continue to, to all work together as a movement to push and push hard. Absolutely. And that's how actually, you know, immigrant rights organizers have proven, have claimed victories is by massive sit-ins, by protests, you know, um, DACA was, again, a hard-won fight that did not come from the benevolence of Barack Obama's heart, you know, um, yeah. that came through a lot of struggle. So thank you so much, Erica Andiola. Everybody follow Erica on Twitter, at Erica Andiola, A-N-D-I-O-L-A, Erica with a K. Um, and uh, keep on being a badass. We love you on the show and come back whenever. Thank you, folks. Thank you both so much. It was great to see you. Yes, take very good care. But team, we got one more segment, one more segment to do. I don't know if you've heard of Dark Brandon. I have not heard of Dark Brandon. You've not heard of Dark Dark Brandon. So No. So you know, centrists generally fuck up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, you know, they have a lot of podcasts about like, can Trump do that? You know, and they have a lot of like, I don't know if we should have Medicare for all because some people don't deserve, you know, but dip, but dip, but there's a lot of mealy mouthness that happens in centrist circles. But the one thing that maybe they've produced, and I don't really know if it was a centrist, I don't know if it was a leftist, it just came from the bogs of the internet is the dark Brandon meme that has been making the rounds the last few weeks. Uh, it's a little bit of an appropriation. <laughs> Yeah, appropriation of um, Let's Go Brandon, which is, of course, the fuck you Biden that the right thinks is hilarious. 
Um, and like dark MAGA, which is, I guess, kind of what some MAGA people are like turning to that they're dark MAGA and let's go, Brandon. So because Joe Biden is seeming to do something, i.e. signing this um, new climate change bill um, or Inflation Reduction Act, uh, and uh, that's about it. That's about it. He survived COVID twice. That's pretty good. You know, they're, 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 that's about it. That's all you need. People are like, oh, shit. And of course, Merrick Garland uh, and uh, the raid on the FBI, or excuse me, the raid, the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, suddenly Biden is is crazy. Biden is not to be messed with. And here is a sampling from Soak Dunn left about what Dark Brandon is and why we should all bow down. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever. You are dead. Trump. There's no way out. <laughs> wow. How could he be like weak and soft and then be fucking Lex Luthor? Luther. What whatever like what I hate these people so much, man. No, no, no. No. I love this. I totally support oh the dark red enemy. And by their people's own admission, it's like they it's funny because he's obviously not tough and he's not hard and he's not evil and he's not he doesn't have any bone of retribution or justice or any kind he's of fucking there. comic book he's just there he's just there he's just that's there what, that's why he was the president because he was just there he was there and barack obama made a call to every single primary contender and was like you need to fold right now <laughs> yeah. but my question is, Mateen, if Dark Brandon really did exist, if Biden were a fucking justice-seeking, um, vengeance-seeking comic book character, what would he do? This is what would Dark Brandon do? In our wildest imaginations... What would Dark Brandon do? I will go first. I haven't go thought first. about this very much, but I definitely think that with COVID, Dark Brandon goes to the Supreme Court and coughs on everybody. Just mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, he's with a smile, you know, and then he licks like different things. He's like desks and um, office supplies and doorknobs. That's Dark Brandon, you know, just like laser eyes. <laughs> I got, I got Dark Brandon. Dark Brandon, you could would make it so only, only if you voted for him, you could, you could bear arms. Only people who <laughs> voted for Dark Brandon can have a gun. <laughs> um, Camperman five thousand says on YouTube says Dark Brandon would replace all the THC gummies with THC Werther's Originals. <laughs> <laughs> so that don't hurt that was yeah he'll make weed legal 
That's true. <laughs> across, That's true. Across the country. That assumes he would make weed legal. He would make weed legal. <laughs> In addition to real immigration reform, dropping student mm-hmm. debt, um, actually yeah. tackling the climate change. First of all, Dark Brandon would nuke Norway over the death of Freya, all right? Over yep. the killing he- of that walrus. Oh, we're going to do baby. Yeah, she's she's being she's been good so far, but she's here. Dark Brandon would take away welfare from the people that that uses it the most, which is white people. Because <laughs> you think they're black, they make you seem like black and brown people are the ones. It's white people. Hi. This is Jamie. Hi, Jamie. She's a lot bigger than she was last she's time. She's so big. She's about to be a year old. Jamie, you gotta be a year old. My God. She's pregnant. She's having a baby. Oh yeah, she. I don't think she understands that. <laughs> Look at her. She's so adorable. Thank um, you. You know, she's she she just needs some lasers coming out of her eyes. I know. Yeah, maybe we can add that in post. Dark we'll Jamie destroying. Dark, dark Jamie destroying all destroy. the podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Destroying <laughs> mommy and daddy's love life. Yeah. So I'm just <laughs> Amazing how that happens. You came into this world. Oh, yeah. And now you're destroying the very vehicle oh, through man. which you yeah. came into it from. Yeah. She doesn't want any any anybody to come and take over. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I love the Dark Brandon meme. I think it's amazing. I'd never heard of it. I love it now, too. Thank you. I, I like how I was just not giving you space to not like it. <laughs> I was like, no. I like it. I hate the people that came up with it. How about that? It's all very <laughs> dumb. Like, it is dumb, and it's the one thing we can all agree on that, like, Biden is pretty weak, and he yeah. is the least threatening person in politics. And I wish, yeah. like, obviously, Dark Brandon, like, shoots oatmeal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, with, like, all of Dark... He he. You know what Dark Brandon does? He also, like, puts... He replaces chocolate chips with raisins, like wherever they may be. Yeah, prune juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, he like every cocktail is turned into just for a virgin. Like every every Bloody Mary just becomes regular tomato juice. Oh, it's, oh my God. V8. It's regular <laughs> V8. V8 will run through the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Sodium for everybody. <laughs> right. All right. Mateen, where can people find you and your work? Uh, my name is Mateen Stewart, and I am at Mateen Stewart all across the board. Uh, please follow me on Twitter. I'm, most, I'm more active on Instagram than anything. And you can also check me out on uh, this season of Coming to the Stage oh, on Pluto TV. Amazing. Um, yeah, and we uh, we have a scholarship uh, in my mom's name called the Jamie M. Whitfield Scholarship Fund. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. It's on my Instagram. We're giving away our first scholarship on my daughter's birthday, uh, September 3rd this year. So. Oh, little Virgo. Yeah. That little, is really little, nice that you created yeah. that. All right, everybody check out Mateen and his work. And uh, thank you so much for being on. Take very good care. I'm not sure I'm going to get Mateen on the bonus bish, but you're just going to have to deal with me. If you want to hang out for a little bit longer, we're going to talk about the right-wing dating site, and I'll give you my thoughts. Um, Would I join? Should we join? Why is this a bad idea or a good idea? Is it good to siphon off all of the right-wingers to their own platform? Is Will this be the truth social of the dating world? 
um, get at that patreon.com slash situation room. And um, with that, I want to thank everybody who's been here for all the super chat. Um, uh, Joe Elizabeth, Elizia Lecchio Johnson saying, feeling a bit better. I see. Um, is that me or you? I don't know. Thank you so much for the super chat. Um, Alex Samaras. Hey, former teachers represent. Hell yeah. Uh, Lumpy Space Dragon. Loving the new time slot in the UK. Virtual hug. Yeah, no kidding. I'm loving it and I'm not in the UK. Is that is that possible? Um, um, I'm just me on Twitch says, I hear and love baby sounds. There were, there were a lot more baby sounds where that came from. And uh, Camperman5000 again. My name is Rushdie. My prose is lusty. My rhymes have the purpose to get me on satanic verses. Purpose to get me on satanic. Okay, I fucked that up. But I appreciate your effort. And um, it's the only thing I know how to do when a crazed person stabs a writer ten times. You're just like, I think we need to make this a wrap. Because otherwise I'd have to deal with the reality that there are crazy people like that. Todd Roy, being the best moderator any channel could ask for, saying, so it's not a leftovers thing, but with teachers? Yeah, it's like if suddenly, I'm assuming you mean the show Leftovers, where like all of a sudden a bunch of people are gone, but it's all teachers. I mean, that's effectively what the United States is doing to itself. To say nothing of like, do you really want to teach in Florida? I mean, I, I, they're like under new curriculum, under their new anti-woke stipulations. Do you want to teach in Texas um, where the cops won't protect you if there's a mass shooter? It's not easy. I mean, it's not hard to see why people are leaving. Um, I'm, I'm just me saying in New Mexico, they use lottery profits to fund scholarships. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's see. Black Mage 999 on Twitch. Teaching should be the highest paid job in the country. No other work benefits our populace more. Agreed. I mean, and to say nothing of higher education and the fact that it's way overpriced. Um, Pamela Jones, as a former public teacher, school teacher, the mass exodus of teachers makes sense. The job is multifaceted and teachers are expected to do more work than they there are hours in the day. At a pandemic and yikes. Yeah. Um, Tris Dragon on Twitch, my daughter's best friend is boyfriend is fighting with DACA in California to get renewed and it costs so much money. I didn't realize they have to pay money to get it renewed. I didn't realize that either. That's crazy. But right, it's the same thing. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It's even renewing your fucking like your car registration. Like, you know, hashtag no libertarian, but that's pretty expensive as well. Um, Groove Dragon, Dark Brandon would murder student debt. Oh, slay it, slay it, kill it dead. Um, Dave L, somewhere in the Kremlin, there's a team of sociologists and analysts who have to pay attention to all the Brandon memes. It's the one funny thing that still exists. <laughs> M. Andrew One on YouTube, Dark Brandon would bitch slap Joe Manchin. Yes. Yes, 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 he would. And with that, you guys, you know, I have missed some of the uh, top tier patrons, the people who've been giving 10 bucks or more. And I apologize to you, but you're going to get your shout out right now, including just a little thank you to the people, the OGs, the people who've been patrons for honestly, since we had a Patreon. This is once again, the fart song.
Thank you to the new patrons at 10 bucks or more who got this shout out to Boyd Huff, Sheila Leeming, Bridget Johnson, Carlos Casares, Mark, Marie and Mark. Thank you so much, Marie and Mark. I'm so sorry that I missed that. Glaring Puffin, Ryan Coral. You guys are all wonderful. To the OGs, Katrina Bleckley. Remember, Katrina, in it for the long haul. Don Vessi. Uh, Kazapwin, I don't know how to say this, K-Z-A Pond. Sage Johnny, shout out to Sage Johnny, shout out to Edward Chavez, thank you so much, shout out to Robert Gil, Robert Gilbert, of course, um, to Bonnie V, to Yulva L, love y'all, I love Yulva L, also sounds like love y'all, um, and we gotta start that over because, uh, there's more. Thank you to the Twitch subs, Daisy Dragon, Braided Dragon, Late Bloomer 66, Thunderous Dragon, 21 Month Subscribe, Arland 2, Drew in Georgia, Seaman Assassin 420, Marcus Aurelius 75, Matt Gates on White Fort Bronco, Robo Blake, Ambigubot, Fat Guy Named Tiny, Ludicrous Speed Dragon, Eletois Black Dragon, and to everyone who makes the show possible, Pedro Mech, Maximilian Inhoff, Alexandra Ornes, and of course we've got a new editor, Andy Vasoyan. Thank you so much. Remember y'all, we stream every Tuesday. I'm gonna stop this. Every Tuesday, 1, 4 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch. Follow the show at, on Twitter at Bituation Pod, on TikTok and Instagram at Franny Fio. Um, remember, uh, I also do a show called The Twitchuation Room for TYT Switch. That is Wednesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, and guys, get at that patron, Patreon. We're going to talk about Kaylee McEnany's little sister. And remember, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it.